Hi, welcome to episode 11 of the Define Normal podcast. This week, I talked to Gerald Edwards, the founder of clothing brand NSOD. We discussed his early days of entrepreneurship, founding his clothing brand in high school, and how he balances a nine to five while building his business and his top tips for budding entrepreneurs. Gerald is also my cousin. We are both Midwest kids with parents from New Orleans. His mom and my dad are first cousins. When he references cold cups in his early story about entrepreneurship, for the record, a cold cup is basically frozen Kool-Aid, kind of like a snow cone vibe. So (laughs) I'm sure there are people who have questions when he mentions that. So just for the record, but enjoy the interview. Welcome to another episode of the Defy Normal podcast. Today, I have my cousin, Gerald Edwards, joining us. Gerald, how are you today? I'm doing good. The sun is out in Minnesota, finally. It was negative 32 degrees, I think, maybe four or five days ago. So today, the fact that it's, let me check. Let me see. Today, the fact that it's 40 degrees, I damn near want to put on some swim trunks. It's summer. 40 degrees winter in Minneapolis is summer. So, Facts, yo. It feels so good. To just put on a hoodie and not 20 layers or very heavy coat or whatnot. So um, I, feel good. I feel good today. How do you feel? I feel good. I'm excited to talk to you and hear more about your brand and life and what you've been up to. For those of you who don't know, Gerald started a clothing line called NSOD. And I'm going to ask him a little more about what that stands for, what his brand is, and what he's just been doing. So my first question for you is, when did you start your brand? Started my brand in two thousand, the summer of two thousand nine. Okay, and how old were you in summer two thousand nine? I think I was either fourteen going on fifteen. Yeah, fourteen going on fifteen. So, so you're still in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still in high school during that time, and even before that, like in middle school, definitely realized early on that I stuck at sports, and that I was like not passionate about it. So, for me. Um, I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. So you know, you know how in New Orleans they have uh, the cold cups. Yes. So, in in um, elementary school, my cousin Sean, who would cut our hair down there, he'll give a he gave me the recipe to cold cups because he knew I wanted to sell it up here in Minnesota because there, there was no I guess market for that. So in elementary school, I was selling cold cups, and my parents would let me go around the neighborhood, and then there's a there's a YMCA in North Minneapolis where we used to go for programs um, because my aunt was working there at the time. And um, I used to sell my cold cups up there too. Everybody was so supportive. So with that just being like a natural thing for me, I never recognized like you could make a a living. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know that that was meant to be like an entrepreneur. I I didn't see it as a sport. You feel me? So um, I feel like when people look at sports, they think of it as like, oh, I'm doing this as a, you know, I'm trying to do this as a career, if not get a scholarship. There's nothing necessarily like that for entrepreneurship. you got to just get it on your own. So then I moved into middle school, and there was like this gum called Tri Gum. And I think it was like sixth, seventh grade or something like that. And uh, I would buy wholesale. My mom would take me to like Sam's Club or something like that. I can't remember what type of place. Sam's Club, one of those places, not buy, buy a wholesale. 
selling it all throughout the school. I was making money like during that. Time. I was making good bread as a kid, and I have it all in my locker, all in my backpack and shit. I'll be selling it during lunch, selling it on my locker, and it was like the first gun that came out during that time that lasted longer than uh, I think like 15, 20 minutes. It lasted like an hour, so kids was all crazy about it. So I told that. Then the school told me stop because it was illegal. And then they opened up their own little store. So after that, all during that time, I'm like, yeah, it's fortunate for me. I didn't try sports. I sucked at it. So my dad would keep this bin of like ideas that he would have. And one day I came from school and was just being nosy. And I came across the idea, like it had a t-shirt, like image on there. And it just says NSOD. And then from there, I was like, yo, I want to try this out because I'm just like, I know I could be creative in that sense. I know I could take it to a different level. So with that being said, that was like seventh, eighth grade. It, uh, took a couple years to make a business plan. Then when it came to like, sophomore year, my high school, I told my parents how serious I was. They gave me like, they bought my first set of 12 t-shirts. And ever since then, I've just been selling. My school was big, so I had like 5,000 kids. So. With that being said, it was a, a lot of market. Wow. So, so what does NSOD stand for? It's an acronym for uh, Never Stop on Dreams. So I'm all about like creating product and creating storylines, whether it be for my lookbook and everything to um, motivate people to pursue their dreams. You know, I feel like there's so many things that come with that that you learn about yourself. In like the most philosophical ways in pursuing the things that you love you know and um there's so much that i learned about myself in the journey what i do like what i don't like what i want to be around what i don't want to be around that came from just pursuing that dream you know like it's not all about business it, it comes it's so much complexities to it so when you started the business in high school, did it feel like more of a hobby and less of something you were planning on doing long term? Or did you know immediately, I'm starting this and I want to run with it? I felt like that was the only thing that was like fulfilling, that feeling during that time. So I was just like, I'm going to just pursue this. Like everybody else, they, they get to go play sports and run track every day. Well, there's something that I wanted to do every day. And I, I figured it out. And it was it was that. Growing up, my, my parents will always have us fresh. Like, their we was just always fresh. So clothes, subconsciously, has always been, like, an important thing in my life. And even in addition to that, like, subconsciously seeing the things that my dad did when we lived in New Orleans, like, he had a clothing brand. So a lot of these things is just, like, subconscious thoughts as a kid that came to the forefront eventually in my life. And luckily, it just came early in my life around high school, you know. So when you sold those first 12 t-shirts, uh, tell me about designing them, who helped you print them, what were the ideas? I went to a screen printer in town. Yeah, he hooked it up and he did a great job. I think it was I think it was the logo. I think it was the the panda logo was my first first t-shirt. When I sold those, I used more money to I, I saved up my money and I used that to buy more t-shirts from a different printer and she actually jit me like uh she did a horrible horrible job screen printing some of them wasn't screen printed some of them was smeared and then uh, my parents handled that they ended up getting like a lawyer and handling that lawsuit with that 
in regards to that lady. But this was all happening in in high school. <laughs> Within the first like year and a half of me having it, it was just it's crazy to think like I learned a lot about business during that time, like really quick, and just it's not a friendly game. So I, I learned a lot about life in general, not just business. Like there's there's really people like that you know? who are scammers. <laughs> <laughs> who will take your money and not give you the real product. But your parents are awesome for like, even early in this conversation, like your parents supporting you and giving you the money for your first set of t-shirts. And also like when you got gypped by the screen printer, hiring a lawyer to help you and just seeing the importance of your business at a, such a young age. Right. No, that's true. I think like there should be more parents like that. You know, there should be more family like that where they are taking that chance on somebody and supporting them in something that that person genuinely enjoys I think like that is it's so important because a lot of people don't have that so I've always been grateful to have not only parents but like I've had like you cuz I've had other cousins other aunts other like people that have been so I mean close friends that I grew up with that has been supporting me non-stop from the beginning so I'm more than grateful to be surrounded by people like that. And then in addition to that, those people got dreams. So then I know what it is to be surrounded by people on the same frequency, you know, and stay motivated in certain environments. Because you're not going to be motivated with people that ain't necessarily doing the same thing as you, you know. How have you felt owning your own business versus joining corporate America? Oh, yeah. So I've always had a job because I love money. It's a money, man. But either, either I had a job or I was selling something. So um, I always had a nine to five. So my father always taught me to have two different bank accounts. Have one for your business, have one for your personal. And I'm glad I took that advice because I was able to travel the world off a of nine to five while my business money kept circulating and building itself up. So I'm not taking from that, you know, and in business, especially when it comes to fashion, like you need that. You need that extra money. You need like you need that money to just be for that business. You know what I mean? Like I can't be using that same money I'm using for the business to travel because like that's just not necessarily financially the place I was in. And I wanted to travel a lot. So I always worked a nine to five. I mean I still work a nine to five. Like I work for I work for the government now and it's a very well paid job. So for me like I have much more fun being able to just shop get whatever i want travel whenever i want in addition to that one of the biggest years for nsod was 2020 the hardest year that it was for people um i was grateful and blessed enough to still prosper through i quit i quit my other job last year i got sick with covid um didn't know what was gonna happen next i paid off all my debt in addition to that like that's all personal money was like NSOD was growing on the other end. Throughout time, I've always made sure that I had that cushion, and that's the smartest. I'm glad I did that. That was the smartest option I chose, because like now, I'm diving into other investments. Like I'm invested into stocks, both short-term and long-term. Me and my girlfriend this year plan on buying our first investment property. So for me like that, it really helps having that personal nine to five and being able to have that freedom of expanding the investment portfolio with that nine to five money, right? Like there's certain ways to spend your money that's smart. 
and there's certain ways to spend your money where like it just keeps you in the same place. So for me, I use my personal money to travel, like open up my mind, see new things, travel the world. In addition to that, buy clothes. Like I love clothes. I create clothes, so I gotta know what's comfortable. I gotta know what's fresh. Yeah, like your excuse to spend your money on clothes is some research. <laughs> research. You know what I'm saying? So um, I do that. I get to buy a lot of the things that I've always wanted. You know what I'm saying? And I uh, worked hard for it. Uh, and in regards to the business, like that money circulates within itself. I don't even have to like touch it, you know. It feels great. And I think it's always a, a smarter route. I never wanted to be a starving artist. Like I never wanted to be that person that, I mean, some people have the guts and the stuff to do that, but my my thought was always like further along. I always wanted real estate. I always wanted to get into stocks. So how do I do that? Well, I got to keep expanding my money into NSW, to stocks, to real estate, and just keeping that portfolio open until I make a certain target amount. Yeah, because that was my next question. Is there a moment where you want to just do one thing? A lot of people, a lot of millennials have side hustles. I mean, my podcast is a side hustle. I work on the 15% pledge, which is another side hustle. I mean, it's not something I do for money. It's something I do for fun. But there are a lot of things I do outside of my job, whether it be for money or for fun. And do you? what is it going to take for you to quit your 9 to 5? Like, not so much the number, but... How long do you think it'll take you to reach that point where you're like, all right, I quit? I'm trying to move as fast as possible. So, shit, if it's tomorrow, I'm cool with that too. But I think I, I think throughout time, like, owning the business, I've just learned to be patient. You know, I learned to just put in as much work as I can at that moment in time. And then um, let the universe do its work. You know, I don't want to rush anything. I don't want to put myself on a time limit and make choices based upon, like, I guess survival or 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 just wanting it so bad and I put myself in a bad situation. I've always just been patient. Like I'm gonna get it exactly how I want it. If it takes two years, I'm cool with that. If it take a day or if it take ten years, I'm I'm at peace with that. You know, because I wanna I wanna do it the right way. That's like that that connects with my ethics and my morals. But of course, like I, I wanna with millennials I think like the generations before that, they've been taught, and some people were restricted, stri- restricted to those resources, right? Based upon which cultural background or ethnic background you came from, you literally didn't have a choice. So I think the fact that we have a freedom to do these things is 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 great. And we grew up in a technology age, so we know what it is to balance multiple things at once. I think overall, though, like anything that you have fun with that's outside of you can have fun at work like I love where I work but I have so much more fun doing my side little passion my 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 passionate pursuits so when I'm able to financially that's really all it is when it financially I don't have to worry about it and I don't have to take risks where I have to think like should I pay bills this morning should I do that that's when I'm gonna be gone. I can't wait. I'm excited for you. Although I don't have as robust of a side hustle, I also have dreams of quitting um, corporate America. Like I think about all the time how a lot of us weren't meant to work nine to fives. Like we have so many different talents and I don't love the idea of like having to go to Zoom meetings and like 
answer emails all the time. Like I love what you're talking about with investments and real estate. Like those are things I think a lot about too. I've definitely invested in stocks while we've been in quarantine and I'm dying to buy a house. I look at Zillow every day. So it's, um, I think it's the thing a lot of us feel like we feel like we should have jobs. Cause like you said, that's how we sustain ourselves. That's how we pay for these side hustles and also enjoy our lives. But a lot of us are chasing that model of let's just not have a nine to five and make it work. Facts. What would it take for you to like make that decision? Hmm. What would it take for me to make that decision? I think it's the same thing you said. It's money. It's getting to a point financially where I don't have to question, can I do this or can I do that? Because I think just what you said, that's what corporate America allows me and why I still work there. It's like I can pay to live in my own apartment. I can travel anywhere I want. I can buy the clothes I want. And the benefits, right? Like we need health insurance, like a 401k, like all those things. And so when I think about jumping out of my own, for me, it looks a little differently. I want to write a book. I want to consult for companies, but I don't necessarily want to work at one. And so for me, it's getting to a point where I'm getting enough business to just kind of like walk away. Like now people pay me to do things like on a one-off and that's cool, but it's not sustainable for me to for me to quit and pay my bills so it's the same story as you as soon as i make enough money to do it i'm also out (laughs) now that's a fact i feel like when i when i think about my first set of t-shirts right i sold 12 and i remember i had this idea of like man i can't wait till i could sell hundreds of things it took it took a while to get there but it happened. So this last, what was it? My my Paisley collection that I came out with ended up selling like 200 plus pieces in, in a day. Um, then the second release, 100 plus pieces in a day. So it's, it's crazy to think like how if you keep going without you even noticing, you develop an audience and you develop like People who are hardcore fans, you know, I think some people are more fans than me <laughs> and what I create. But it's 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 just I'm kidding. I'm the biggest fan. But like, it's just crazy to see people so passionate about something that you're passionate about. It's like if, if someone was able to come to you and be able to recite all the information that they heard from the podcast, you know, that you've done previously, like that'll just blow your mind. And there is people that could do that. I'm one of those people. So the fact that. The fact that there's a there's goals like that, you just gotta keep going. And before you know it, you like, yo, I'm I'm here where I wanted to be. And this was just a dream, you know, but it's very possible. Cause I also have a good friend of mine named Melinda who sells books. He's a poet. Yeah, I follow him and I didn't realize you two were friends until one day I saw the photos he took of you and your girlfriend and I was like, Wait, they know each other? Like, I love his poems. He's so impressive. He, he did that just, you know, just like what we talking about. He just stay persistent every day, stay consistent. Um, kept putting out uh, content, you know what I'm saying? Quality content, built the following. And then before you know it, you know, he was able to, you know, start off small. Now he's doing it big. So, And the fact that he a black man doing it is, is very powerful. A young black man at that. So you created your brand in high school, and then after high school, what did it look like? Did you go away to college? Were you still doing it in college? Like, What did life after high school look like for you and the brand? 
So I didn't have much time in college to do it. I still continued to do it, but it was very inconsistent because just school was the focus. With that being said, like I was still doing it. So I went to I went to Stout University, Wisconsin Stout. Went there for about two years. Uh, did the exchange program and went to California State University in San Bernardino. One of the best times in my life. That shit was so much fun. Got some like real cool homies that uh that just made me you know made me a part of their family. So they have a group called Late Night Gang LNG. So they do a lot of. I mean like. It was a creative house. I didn't even stay with them, but I was over there all the time. So during that time, I started to create more. Those years while I was in school before, I just felt thought it was just dark. Like it was, it was not a motivating place for me. Nobody was on shit, but just drinking, which is cool to have fun because I had fun. But at the same time, it was, uh, it was, it was no inspiration around it. Snow, clouds, gloomy and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, when I went to California, and that was my first time experiencing, like, summer all year round. Being able to experience so many things and being being around, like, a bunch of young black men, I mean, they, they're just all around, just inspiring people. So I used to always be at their crib. So out there, I was motivated to create, and that's when I started to dive back into, like, deeply creating. That same year, I lost one of my closest friends, so for me, I started to think of life like in a way where it's like, bro, am I, I don't want to waste no time. And I've always been a person that appreciates time and people, but like it just took it times 10 that year. Um, so I think like a complexity of all those things came together and I was like, I'm about to give it that chance. You know, I'm about to, uh, I ended up going back to Stout that next year. After that school year, I learned so much in California. I went back to Stout, was just having a hard time um, just being there, especially being in the sun and going to the beach anytime, I think I need to go pursue my dream. So went to go pursue it. So it took like took about three years, three, four years to get to where I want to be. But we here now and we getting bigger and bigger. Now I'm able to give it my hundred percent focus and within this past two years it has grown like immensely a lot. And it's like a strong small community, like a very strong one. So the fact that people choose to support is crazy to me. It is. And I love what you said about the importance of community, because as someone who also left their Midwestern like college or people just wanted to drink all the time, I went to New York for a semester and a summer and I didn't want to come back. Like, I was like, this is it. Like I felt so inspired. So many cool people. I had such cool internships. I was just like, this is it. Like This is what I want to do. I don't want to go back to school. And senior year, was so hard for me. Like I came back at any, anyone will tell you I had an attitude. I didn't ever want to go out. Like what senior in college doesn't want to go out? Like my friends would be like, Shelby, tonight we're going out. And I'm like, I just don't want to be here. Like this is so whack. And so <laughs> I can totally relate to the idea of just like being uninspired and how much inspiration plays a role in your creativity. I didn't realize that. Uh, when you're in certain spaces, you're just next level compared to a place where you're like, oh, it's so mundane. Like these people, and also people who don't get it. I think sometimes it's not even the space. It's feeling like people do not understand what you're trying to do, or they think it's it's kind of silly, or like it's a hobby. And it's like, no, I really think I could take this to the next level. And you guys are talking about being accountants or something. Like I don't, I don't relate to that. Nah, that's a fact. Uh, I I hear you and agree with you on that. 
because like I think initially even the thought of like leaving your town right where like you're comfortable you know everybody's business you know everybody already you get to you get to find comfort in that there's no there's no fear that you're uh, fighting against but when you that person that's like yo I'm gonna leave all this behind and find something new right to add on to my life that shit sounds crazy to people you know and you find a new life and people that don't that fight against those fears all the time because we still have the same fears everybody else do we just go against the grain i think there's a different type of mentality that don't keep you boxed in a lot of things that that we want to do seems crazy to people but it's not crazy you know and it's very possible i remember there was a time where i mean people just didn't understand what i was doing it was just like you know outside of my family my family always been very supportive Outside of that, like you, you need for a business, you need people outside of your family to support to grow the business. Some people understood it, some people didn't understand it. But now, not think that things are growing. Everybody understands it or wants to be a part of it, and it's a beautiful thing because there was just a time where it was just misunderstood, you know. And but I, I kept going, and I realized that people's minds change when they start to see things working. They change their their attitudes change their uh, everything changes. So it's very it's very interesting to me to kind of see the progress of that over time. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day about just how the more people pay attention to what you do, right? Like, so say that you start your podcast now, and even in your outside life, say that you're laid back, you always stay in the crib. Well, not always stay in the crib, but, like, you're just very significant on who you chill on and all that. When more eyes get on you, more people are going to want your time. So they may have more uh, trouble with who you, like, initially are, like, regularly are. And um, I've been experiencing that a lot lately. And I don't even feel like my brand is, like, super huge. But I see what it does when things start to get working and more people want your time and how to balance time. So for me, I really just be chilling with family, but outside factors are gonna want more of your time because they wanna be a part of something that is winning. For the people now, right, that that don't necessarily, that's not reaching out to you to be on a podcast, right? All of a sudden they are gonna be like, yo, why you ain't put me on a podcast? You know, like for old friends and shit, like why you, didn't, why you didn't have that same type of energy when I first started, so. Those are kind of new things I've been experiencing is like people wanting more, more time. It's very, it's very crazy. I think a lot of people expect so much from black businesses that it's like almost unrealistic at times, you know, because I, I still have a job. Visibility means access. So I've watched, I've worked in the media space for a lot of my career until I went to tech. And a lot of people who I came up with, I interned with, or just worked with, maybe they're a little older than me, have become personalities, whether it that whether it's like they're an Instagram influencer or they're on a TV show, like people have kind of stepped their brands up who were normal everyday people to me five years ago. And so I, I watch how people move. Someone who you were in an office with every day, you weren't really checking for, you might've said, what's up? You're now like telling people you knew them or like telling people like, oh, I know them, they're the homie. And, and you're right, it's such odd behavior because we're just people. Like I haven't reached that level yet. I have confidence that one day I will. But I think 
even with jobs, like even with me getting new jobs, people who don't talk to me are like, oh, you work there now? Like, what's up? And it's like, it's kind of a lot because you weren't checking for me before. <laughs> so that energy is very strange <laughs> to anyone listening keep the same consistent energy like the homies are the homies if you're reaching out to someone it has to be because you're really stoked about what they do not because they're successful and you want proximity because i can tell the difference between you just don't know me super well but you respect what i'm doing because it doesn't come with expectations there's a difference between you know gerald i think what you're doing is so dope i bought some of your stuff from the paisley collection like i'm really i'm really into it like cool and then you respond back and they're like cool i got what i want out of that but then when people start asking you for stuff it's like it's very strange it is a strange thing like the the entitlement and expectations is almost unrealistic first of all i still don't even see myself as that big so other people response to things makes me pay attention to stuff if that makes sense you know what i'm saying like if just, yeah, like, for example, like, just for instance, you start working somewhere and somebody hitting you up, like, yo, give me this or give me that, you know, you start to realize, like, wait, maybe I am in a different position because, like, this didn't happen. This didn't happen before, you know, but it's very interesting what people do um, when those numbers start to go up. Watch when your numbers start going up. You'll get what I'm saying. Well, we're just very humble. Like, I think it's, I'm doing this because I want to do it. There's like a certain humbleness that's there. And so you don't even realize it. I mean, I've told you this story before when I was wearing a shirt from your collection and some a coworker came up to me in the cafeteria and identified the brand and then said, oh my God, I have such a crush on Gerald. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I just had to like back up out of the whole conversation. Like, not only have you recognized my cousin's brand, we're in New York City at a major tech company, yeah. and now you're talking about, oh, I have a crush on him. Like, you know who he is? Like, <laughs> I think even those moments for me, I'm like, this is wild. Like, I think we both underestimate the power of the internet and the power of, like, so many people are watching you when you don't even know, like, going to your Instagram, combing through your stuff. Like, they may have never spoken to you. They may have never bought anything. They're just sheerly creeping. It's like, it's crazy. To, so I had a homie, my homie Terion from California. This fool went to Texas and he was wearing, I forgot which t-shirt he was wearing, maybe the Lauren Hill one. And then he ran into this girl and she was like, I got one of the t-shirts. He was like, yo, that's my brother. Like, that's my dude. She was like, for real? So then he, he uh, I think he called me or sent me a text or something like that. And I was just like, yo, I think, I think sometimes I always actually forget the influence that we have on the world and, and the fact that technology give us the access to be able to do that. And we forget just how powerful it is, you know? It's just crazy to think that. Like, it's just crazy to uh, to try to, like, comprehend that in, in, in that way where, like, somebody comes to you at your job and tell you that it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, I was looking at her like, what is going on? Like, people compliment the shirt all the time, but they're not able to tell me who made the shirt both as a brand and the person. I was like, oh my God. So I think that's super impressive. Where do you see the brand going? So do you want to open a brick and mortar store? I know we talked about eventually quitting your nine to five and yeah. doing the brand full time, but what do you see for the brand full time? Yeah, I definitely want to do a brick and mortar store. Like I love the, I love the idea of being able to create things. So when I think of NSOD, I think of like, not only a brick and mortar, like clothing store, but cafe 
a barber, like NSOD things. Like, it's an entire lifestyle. When I think of like Bape, especially during the times that Nego was ahead of it, they had Bape Cafe, they had a Bape haircut place, they had a Bape kid store, Bape adult store, Bape gallery. Like it was just an entire lifestyle. And that's, that's what I want to get to. I want to be able to build everything from the ground up, chairs, the walls, I mean, everything, you know what I'm saying, and provide like a quality, quality art. Uh, yeah, like an experience. Yeah, just an entire experience, you know, to be able to do that. So that's the goal. So I want to keep going until I can reach that goal. And I just seen Kith open up something in, in Paris. Yeah, looks so cool. The cafe, like it's a whole vibe. What I love about New York, yo, is like the fast pace, like straight, straight to the bone, gritty. Like I love that. I love that fast paced lifestyle. And it got so much fashion out there. Like I love that shit. It reminds me a lot of Paris. Would you ever move to New York? No. I like to visit though. Where would you live? Like, would you move back to California? Or are you going to, do you think you'd stay in Minnesota? Like indefinitely that's home. I could be by a beach. I like Florida. Like, I like Florida. I like California, too. I like calmer places, though. I like sun. I don't like snow at all. So it's crazy that I'm even That's here. ironic. Right. <laughs> um, but I love visiting there, though. That's, like, one of my favorite places to visit, though, for sure. And it don't stop. It's always going. I love it. It's so intense and crazy. And I love it. I feed off the energy. But I also think that it's hard for me to find jobs other places. Like, I think COVID will change that, but like for what I do, I'm like, I can't, there, where else can I live? So it's here or it's LA or it's San Francisco, like it's some metropolis. So I'm here, I'm here. I let, and, and honestly, what I'll say about New York is if you move here, you find a way to live life in a normal way. Does that make sense? Like you find your way to not be in chaos generally because it's your home. So like, I can't have every day be chaotic. Like some days I just go to the store and be in the house like you do. <laughs> like I just, cause sometimes you're like, yo, okay, no, a lot's happening here. <laughs> and you don't need all that energy every day. What I, what I do love about like New York and LA is like access to so many things. I feel like here in Minnesota, like it's limited, but good thing the internet is a thing, but still like you can't just go out, I guess do anything. I feel like there's more access to stuff in California and um, New York, right? Like you could just, I remember just being in California, you could just, you could be going to the grocery store and then you might run into somebody that could change your life. Just like that, you know, which is like nuts to think about. But uh, I really like calmness. Like I've always enjoyed calm environments and being able to just visit chaos if I really want to, you know? Um, but to live in it is a different thing for me. Like, uh, I could still do it because I have the personality and the energy for it. Um, but if I had a choice, it'll definitely be somewhere more calm. So if you opened your store, where would you open it? Would it be in a major city or would it be in Minneapolis? You know, that's hard to choose because I think with the I think like with the wave of technology and where things are going. And even me personally, I love seeing new things all the time. So I think in a way I might have a brick and mortar store or just do pop-ups everywhere. You know, just do pop-ups all around the world and just have it be different things all the time. Like, I know recently North Face and Gucci had a pop-up and they did like something super tight, but I like that idea. And I think it creates more of a challenge to be creative. But in addition to that, it creates 
increases space to make things more special in, in every aspect when it comes to presenting a product. I also think pop-ups are about community. So I love Joe Fresh Goods, like as a Midwesterner, like and as someone who lived in Chicago, like I really, really rock with his stuff and just his model. But I love his pop-ups because as much as it's about the theme, like in New York, I went to the Snapple pop-up. And so he has a refrigerator full of his partnership Snapples and like a bunch of his clothes. But like there's nothing really fancy about the space. What it truly felt like to me was the homies from Chicago are just hanging out. Like... He brought people from his, his brick and mortar store to help him in the New York pop-up. Yeah. And it's like his New York homies are coming by and saying what's up and buying stuff. And those who just support him from afar, like myself, are like there buying stuff. But he feels like even though he's gotten so big and he's doing these big brand partnerships, his pop-ups feel like community. Like it feels like I'm going to pop up. And I'm not friends with him. And I'm like at the pop-up like this feels very familiar to me. And I like that. That accessibility to people, especially in our community, is so important. And I love Joe Fresh Goods and the things that he do and how he present his work. Like, it, it does feel like a community. And even for me, like, I went to visit their store last summer. I went to go visit their store and cop some stuff. And even when you walk into the store, it feels very uh, community-based. And I love when people create environments like that. Like, those environments have to be created. It doesn't just happen and i feel like with stores nowadays a lot of them are closing because they they have lost that community aspect and start looking at people more so as numbers rather than just like as people and when you start to do that and provide those type of environments then you have people that come in that just be chilling i also believe that's what helped nsod grow these past two years is not only uh being more consistent but also doing pop-up stores bringing people out to touch the product feel the product meet the people behind the product because initially everything was just online from then, from from before that time. Yeah, two, three years ago, everything was just online. I never did pop-up stores. People only got to see the clothes if they ordered it and it came in the mail. The pop-up stores helped spread the word and give people access to us and see the people behind it and, and, and know what we stand for, you know? Yeah, I think the pop-up stores are an amazing opportunity because putting a face with a brand beyond the internet is just helpful for people and they connect with it. and. I also think there's such a humanness to it. Like, this is something that you're passionate about, but I also am a normal person with a family and a normal job. It kind of humanizes the brand. It was like for your podcast, and when I was listening to you and your mom talk, I felt like I was a fly on a wall, you know what I'm saying, just listening on that conversation and learning from it and just being like, dang, that's my cousin. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my family. Like, this is, this is who they are. This is how they think. And I believe that's why I love podcasts and love how you present your podcast. It's like casual conversation is not necessarily. And I love when podcasts and environments are set up like that. And I think just being black folks, like just culturally where we come from, that's just how we are. Like we're very community based. We're very vocal. So we have a lot of conversations, trade a lot of conversations. And it's beautiful to see that we're making platforms for that, for what we naturally do. Right, and just learning from each other and in some ways just catching up. So we talked about Joe Fresh. What are other fashion designers or or like store owners that you look up to? I like I like what Virgil been doing. I like Joe Fresh Goods, Kith, Anwar Carrots, Fear of God. And then there's like kids that are just ruling over the social media thing. So there's this brand called Fugazi. Whereas, like, these little, like, not even little kids, but, like, teenagers or young adults. 
like Gen Z. They, they, they doing, they doing their thing. And then like, even though personally, I'm not a fan of Kanye West anymore. Fashion wise though, I, I like what, what he has been doing and what he has done to change the game over the, over the last decade period or a little bit more than a decade. And then for real, for real, if, so I'm not a fan of nobody, but like, I wouldn't panic or anything like that. But yo, if I met Pharrell, yo, I'm fanning out. I'm fanning out. That's what I'm in person. I saw him in person and I fanned out. I didn't go up to him or anything because we were at a concert, but I got um, tickets to GovBall. My roommate at the time like, took me with him for my birthday for VIP GovBall tickets. And Pharrell, <laughs> when I saw Pharrell, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's just like... He is everything. Like, it's like this style. It's the music. Like, the fits. He's been getting fits off since we were children. Yo, he's so damn fresh. Like, he's fresh. He creates dope clothes, dope chairs, dope. I mean, like, he just created a a watch for Richard Milley. He's like this creative individual that don't put a limit on anything. He just do it. Yeah, skincare, whatever he wants. I I would fan out. I would fan out if I seen him. I'll just be talking nonstop. But he's so calm. He do seem very calm. He do seem very calm. But he, yeah, like I, I, I really admire Pharrell. So that's the that's my top. But all those brands are are brands that inspire me, and a lot a lot of them, pretty much almost all of them that I named are black owned. Right now, there's such a big promotion of, of black owned brands. So it's really cool to see so many of them being so successful right now. Because I mean, we deserve. I feel like we've been given a space to not only like own our content but put it out there in like a quality way we don't we also don't have to go through anybody or go through some some sort of gatekeepers to be able to produce content so like you don't have to go to a radio station you can just straight up um do what we're doing right now and and be able to do a podcast your your radio you know what i'm saying initially so i think there's so much power in that because you get to talk about what you want do what you want and own it as a beautiful thing as someone who hasn't formally worked in fashion or worked for a brand, did you feel like there was a learning curve or do you feel like you were more experiential because you didn't have that formal training of working for a fashion brand? With with me just being able to do what I want and not having like the actual lessons of, or, or the formal way of learning these things, I definitely think it made me way more experimental because I don't know the, I don't know the rules. I don't know what I can't or, or what they teach in schools that you can't and can't do or what is considered this type of fashion or this type of fashion so yeah i've been way more experimental and still am just like i just do what i want but if i want this piece right here we got to figure out how to make that possible if we want the stitching over here and you know patch on the top shoulder i won't care what it we don't care if you call the street fashion high fashion i don't care you know it's tight (laughs) yeah you're just doing what you want your rules exactly so uh, I think, yeah, it definitely made me more experimental, not knowing the formal ways of like fashion. But the thing is, our people make stuff tight. If you look at history and you look at the things now, a lot of the things that we initially do becomes cool to the world. Yeah, a lot of cool culture is black culture. Exactly. Still, in 2021, still. Exactly. So that, that's how I know I get to be experimental as I want. And I have no barriers because whatever I decide is cool, it's going to become cool. How many people work with you on the brand? So you're designing, but you also have to have people who 
print the shirts and like coats and all. I mean, you make more than shirts now. So the assortment of things you make for the lines. And so are you designing alone? Are there people who help you with social? What does your team look like? I contract worked out, contract work out to people. So um, there's a factory that do the cutting. So uh, there's a photographer named Donnie that I use. Melinda, I contract work out to Melinda. He's a creative individual. And when I think of people that's like Pharrell, who just create all across the board, alongside me, there there's friends that I have that are very experimental and creative in that sense. And Melinda's one of those people. But anyways, yeah, I contract work out to hella people. I have a friend named Brees. She has her own brand too, but I get help from her. Um, right now, I'm looking for a graphic designer. But yeah, everything is pretty much contracted out now. Like now that I'm able to afford those things but before I was doing everything I was doing the photography the graphic design I was doing everything now I want to be as hands-off as possible in regards to like doing it actually with myself versus just overlooking it and coming together as a team and being able to decide like what we're going to do and what we won't do yeah definitely that's the dream and my last question for you is there any advice that you would give to someone who wants to start their own business whether it be in fashion or Anything else? Just how should they move if they want to start their own side hustle? Finance is a huge part. I think a lot of times when people start businesses and want to be creative or whatever it may be, finance is a huge thing because it opens up the door to resources. That's what people don't tell you. Because if you necessarily don't have friends that already have, that's already celebrities or you already don't have the connections in the world, then you need to be able to build to get to that. And to do that, you need money. So you need money to invest into your product, the marketing, travel if you need to travel. Like you need money for those things. And that's why I always think it's not a good idea to be a starving artist. You want to be able to have money to invest into your dreams. So for one, believe in yourself and, and pursue your dreams. Um, for two, be able to save up and learn how to manage your finances. That's very important. For three, be around like-minded people. Your environment is everything. If you're around people that want to get up and go get it every day, you're going to be that person that want to go up and go get it every day. If all your friends creating shit and they come into the table like, yo, look at this, look what I made, look what I made. You don't want to always come to the table with nothing because initially there will be a day where nobody that those individuals that's all doing something won't be around you because you're not doing anything. So stay humble. I think like staying humble and being able to continuously dream in a way where what would say like you're not thinking about accolades or anything like that you're just doing it that is the most pure place you could create from and continue your journey on and I feel like that has helped me so much with patience um it helped me with not putting limitations on myself in regards to what I'm creating and the reason why I say this is because this Paisley collection that I released is like one of the biggest collections that I've had I know when brands do that and they see like a big wave of consistent, when they see numbers like that, they want to continue doing that. But I don't care about that stuff because I care about the art more than anything. So for me, like this whole new collection that I have coming up in March is going to be totally different. You know, it's not going to be the same thing. So I think being able to like not be, not be so stuck on accolades and just do what you feel. Like do what's in your heart. Tell your story. Nobody necessarily cares about make the coolest stuff we just want to hear your story that's all i love that that's so amazing there's so much good advice there i love first of all 
the part about finances because so many people, especially I'm surrounded by them in New York, they kind of have a cushion. They kind of have like people to help them launch these things. And I mean, obviously, as you said, your parents helped you, but it's just being realistic of like, yeah, my parents can help me with some things, but in order to live the life I want to live, I really should have a job. And maybe there'll be a day where I don't, but in order to accomplish my dream, like this is how I have to be realistic. And I think your advice is so powerful because it's okay to shoot for the stars, but it's also okay to like realize what's going on on earth, which means you need to have a job. So I think that's really cool. And just like telling your story. A lot of the brands are about stories. It's not about what's cool. It's like what resonates with you and what's the art. I have a bonus question just because I'm dying to know and I didn't ask. In the future, do you see any brand partnerships? Like, would you like to work with brands going forward or do you always want to be just your own entity? So before I answer that question, I got one more thing that was on my mind. Yeah. when When people have those stories of like becoming millionaires and stuff overnight, like you got to think about, for one, that person's ethnic background and what type of family they come from. Like initially, my, my parents were able to help me get started, but I had a job ever since then and I was able to invest in my own. So I don't have I didn't I never had a whole like 15K just to pour into something and make that mistake. But over the years, I have built my money and just kept reinvesting it into the point where it starts where I can play with money like that. You know, right. I, I have the opportunity to do that, but sometimes it's a slower build for us. But if if you if you I guess if you're not that patient, I love I'm I love 100% owning what I do. There's so much power that comes into that. You can say yeah and no to anything. You're not worried about like you know investors or shareholders or whatever that's in the business. You can just do what you want, and um, it comes with its pros and cons. But initially, like over time, you get to see the benefits of it. So when you hear a lot of those stories, you know, make sure that you know the background. Don't just go out there to be like, I'm about to just go pursue this. And then you have no money. And then you're trying to figure out where you went wrong. Um, build your money. Reach out to people. I never did grants, but it's very useful to do grants. Reach out to things in the city. Have a business plan. You know, find ways to, I guess, not put yourself in a predicament where it takes parts of your ownership and parts of who you really are away from you. Um, but to answer your question, though, there's so many brands I would want to work with that are huge. So I love New Balance. I love I don't even drink pop soda, cold drink. But I still want to do something with like Coca-Cola. I want to do some architecture work, some interior design. I mean, like I want to do a bunch of stuff with different companies. Yeah, it's like limitless. BBC ice cream. I would still want to do something with them. Human made with Nego, Ame. I don't want to do something with Ame. I'll be down to do something with Virgil. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> I'll be more than willing to do something with him. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole list of people. I, I love being able to come together and create an idea with people. So, for me, I really enjoy that. And I, I've done it with my friends. And I'm currently in a couple collaborational projects right now as we speak. And coming out with some with some close friends of mine, too. So, for me, I love collaborative like environments and being able to learn from that. And, and create from that space, you know. Uh, but yeah, big brands. Yeah, I want to. I want. I want. I want it to be limitless. You should be. I mean, you can do it. I can see you collabing with these big brands. Like you said, it's just keep on going and like keep telling your story. And I'm sure in no time people will be hitting you up because they already are. <laughs> Yo, it's it's crazy to see. 
okay, sometimes I used to think like, okay, my follower count, I don't have 10K, I don't have 10K followers, I don't even have 7K. But the fact that I've even built it up to where it's at now is crazy because I have like quality followers and certain people that follow me that can help change my life. And it's just taking me to be more consistent and just continuously put out some dope shit for people to one day just be like, okay, let's let's hit him up to have this person where it is and where it at. And um, I see those things happening behind closed doors. So for me, I'm, it's just a it's a time game now. It's a time game. We're just going to continue to build. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited, but I'm nervous. You have so much to be proud of and so much to look forward to, so you should be excited. And I, I get the idea of being nervous. It's just like every new opportunity comes with like that kind of anxiety. Like this is what I wanted, but it's like we're at a new level. So I have to like operate at this new level. But I mean, I'm confident that you can rise to the occasion. And I want to say thank you for joining me. This was so fun. No, I feel like it's, it's really an honor. I'd be so appreciative of moments like this, of reconnecting and putting me on their mind to do this. Like I, It's not like I never feel like I don't have anything important to say, but the fact that people find importance in how I think or the history of like NSOD or what's going on with me, I think it's so important because there's so much more to creations and stuff like that than people may think. You know what I'm saying? Like I really feels good to wake up and be able to create, to see, to touch, to talk to people, listen to people, and see how excited people get off of uh, your ideas. Because I think initially to me, when, when an idea is out there and I'm, I'm already over it, I'm already like on to the next thing, but people bring that excitement back for me where it feels new when people, when people see it for the first time, you know? Because by the time it comes out, I've seen it a hundred a hundred times for many reasons. <laughs> so it's it's a blessing, you know what I'm saying, to be able to do these things and how how a dream could get you to places that you may have never think. I think for me it's even crazier because I'm in Minnesota. So for me, like we don't just have celebrities around here. So it takes word of mouth and people sharing it, talking about it, to even get to the people that at once we were six degrees of separation from. Now yeah. we're just one. Now we're just two. Or maybe it's none just an idea and following that idea and creating a community could get you there. Like, I don't, I don't, there's no tricks to it. Like, I don't go to the club and pop bottles <laughs> with these people. I don't, I don't know these people. I, I don't, I don't even know people that know those people. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, I think that story alone and being and, and reminding people just to be, just to be your genuine self, create, continue to do that, be nice to people and con- just keep going and it will put you in the right places i don't know how to reach out to people and be like yo could you do this like i have a hard time with that not because like um i don't want to or anything like that i'm just like a face-to-face person so for me i've never been like a good relationship builder over like technology but the fact that my dreams are taking me there and put me in spaces where i could be with people face to face is a blessing amazing you're killing it and I'm proud of you, and I'm so glad you were on the podcast. I'm proud of you, too, because you have a very calming voice. It's like this was, it was meant for you to, to do this. You <laughs> thank <know>? you. <laughs> so thank you so much for doing that, and thank you for providing the space for me for, to talk. Thank you for listening to another episode of Define Normal. If you like the episode or have any feedback for me, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, at Define Normal. 
See you next week.